0: Dot co slash clink. Sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 after that. Medication costs are separate. That's R O dot C O slash clink.
1: Hi, and welcome to housewives of true crime. Welcome. Welcome. I am Tabitha Welcome, welcome to Housewives of True Crime. Housewives of True Crime mini episode. Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah, so cool. So cool in the Minnesota. Yeah. Won't you know? Don't you know? Oh, yeah, you're good at that accent. You can have some pop. You want some pop? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's pop? They're like, soda pop. Oh, yeah. 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 They also say things like supper, and bag. That's like a bag. Is oh a bag? Yeah, and a bag. Yeah, yeah. And Las Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's cute. I like
0: it. Yeah, it's real cute. I love an accent.
1: I know. So Gretchie, what's we drinking? Memo says. I know. So good. Always with this champagne, you guys. That was from I bought from a listener. You did? Yeah, it's called One Hope. Oh, it's like the cutest bottle ever. Super sparkly. Super sparkly. Yeah, she, I don't know how I got it, but I, I thought it was don't know either, but I
0: texted Tab on my way here and said, I'm going to require mimosas. Do
1: yeah. I need so to I stop say- at
0: the store? And she said, no, 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 Gretchy. No, I got it. I got it. the good
1: shit. I got it. I got it handled. And so I bought a bottle because it goes to charity and, you know, that plays on my heartstrings. Yeah. Speaking of charities, you know that I'm going to Orlando.
0: Oh,
1: to, I knew you're going to Orlando, but it's for charity. We bought this charity item at an auction mm-hmm. type of thing, and it's for this uh, for all of our Texans out there. You guys probably know it's called Kids Kids, and there's a radio program, Kid Craddock. He's no longer with us, but he started this charity, and he takes a child that has a life altering illness to Walt Disney world. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So we, uh, donated to that and we're actually going with the family, which is awesome. Oh, super awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do that. And let me tell you also what I just read in the news today. Mm-hmm. Somebody got eaten by an alligator. Oh, that happens in Florida.
0: Yeah, that happens.
1: I know. So, That really scares the shit out of me. And you know what I think about Florida also.
0: Yeah, we know what you think about Florida. Sorry, Floridians. I know. But you know what happened to my husband? He was in Louisiana, Bayou. Yes. For many months Uh during the oil spill. Yep. And he got out of his car. I mean, you hear long stretches of like just nothing and nothing and nothing. And he got out of his truck to take a leak. And wouldn't you know a police officer of the law pulled up right behind him. And he was like, oh, like, real sorry. And he's like, you know why I'm out here, son. And he's like, uh, no, I don't. No. He's like, your ass is about to get chomped on by an alligator. Like, get back in your car. What, are you crazy? Oh, my Like, you cannot God. just be getting out of your car taking a leak.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, he was like, oh. Lucky. Yeah, good thing. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... So, everybody, keep keep us in your thoughts for the Florida trip. <laughs> seriously, I'm like, I'm a little worried. Yeah, that did happen at the <clears throat> Disney Resort, like, a couple years ago. I, I know, and that. it probably was at the one that we're staying at. Probably. It looks like the same sort of thing. Okay. So, I'm just going to keep my kids close. I'm not going to let them Wear go your by Wear polarized the sunglasses so you can keep an eye on the,
0: the crocky eyes. Alligators. Really?
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, I'm going to do that. I I actually get headaches when I wear Polaroid sunglasses. So I'll oh, make Lord, my husband fucking do it
0: diva again over here.
1: I also got a freaking migraine from Robitussin this week. Oh yeah, can you guys I hear was my sick sexy and voice? My tab was sick. Oh, so bad, so bad. i been hacking up along over here. Yeah, but it makes me have like a real good housewives of true crime voice. Oh yeah, it's I like, do love it when I'm sick and we record. <laughs> <laughs> it is real sexy. <laughs> It's sex pot. So, this episode, you guys, is an interview that I did with Alexandria Goddard. I have not even heard it. I'm so excited to hear it. I know. It's so good. She's really awesome. She was so great to come on. And, you know, she was very open and honest. And I think you're going to really enjoy it, Gretchy. And I think everybody will enjoy I'm listening to it. And if you haven't watched the movie, you did watch the movie. After, I did right? watch the movie. Yeah, so so I know who she is. Total badass. I know, right? Yeah, she's like OG. Yeah, I she know. Is. Yeah, she's like real OG. Fighting crimes from the computer. From the computer. Yeah. Yeah. So have a listen, you guys. Yeah. All Enjoy. right. Enjoy. Clink 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 clink. How are you? I'm great. How are you? So excited to talk to you because you are like really the forefront of what made this case relevant to everybody.
2: Yeah, I mean it's 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 a gut punch of a movie.
1: It really is. Like
2: you have so many emotions. You know, one second you're you're like, oh my gosh, and then you're enraged, and then you're crying. And then Yeah.
1: So, I did the podcast having you introduce yourself, and then I'll ask you a couple questions if that's okay.
2: Okay. My name, I'm Alexandria. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I'm just Alexandria Goddard. Where do you live, Alexandria? I'm in Ohio. Ohio. Mm-hmm.
2: And your blog is? Oh, it's the most horrible domain name on the internet, but it's printified. printified. Mm-hmm. It started as a joke. And then now I'm stuck with it,
1: so it's okay because it's really out there, so even if you google your name, it comes up first and foremost, so anybody can um find your blog and it's really great. So you started crime blogging
2: when Oh my gosh, probably years before the Kaylee Anthony case went crazy, and mm-hmm. then people started really getting into true crime a very long time ago, and probably you know. I'm an internet dinosaur, I think. (laughs) But that's great. I mean, it's
1: really awesome. I have been into true crime since 19, I would say probably 1997, 1998. There was a crime that was committed in my hometown. Mm -hmm. And my high school was right across the street from the courthouse. And so I went after school and at lunchtime to watch the case. Oh, wow. That happened. Yeah, and that's where that all began for me. So, but there was, you know, the internet was just coming out at that time. And tell me, Alexandria, when you found out about the Steubenville case and how that came about, and what made you start really researching? And since you are an internet dinosaur, as you say <laughs> you were able to do things that most of us couldn't, like go back and find things that have been erased.
2: I was living in California at the time that the crime happened. And it was, I kind of stumbled on it by accident. It was just one of those days that you're, you know, I was bored and felt like I had reached the end of the internet and was looking for something to, you know, to read. And I used to live in Steubenville. So I was like, oh, well, I'll go check out the local news site and see what's happening back in Steubenville. And it just so happened that they had been arrested that day. The news site only had, it was like, I think three paragraphs, maybe a total of six sentences about the high school football players being arrested for rape. And at that time, there was also a kidnapping charge. And I'm like, that's all they're saying about this? Because I knew how entrenched and how, you know, coveted this high school team is to that town. So, I'm thinking, you know, there has to be more going on. And so, I just went to the high school football fan site and pulled the roster and, you know, started digging around. And this was in 2012 when, you know, people were just, you know, just starting to use Twitter. I mean, I think it was only a couple of years old at that point. But I just started looking up names. And everyone was using their full legal name and everything was out there. And then when I was trying to get some of the older posts at that time, there were um, like Tweet Tunnel was a, a resource and there was all my tweets. So I was using all you know, a bunch of different archiving tools that I could go back and find deleted tweets for some of the stuff that I found in for the April rape case.
1: Yeah. And that was the one before the Jane Doe uh, August rape case, correct?
2: Yes. And that's the one that the teachers, the vice principal, and others were charged mm-hmm. with not reporting that they all knew about yeah. it and were texting to the kids involved saying, Oh, hey, there's a rumor going around that you raped someone, you know, rather than calling the police or, you know, children's services, what have you, they're, man, they're mandatory reporters, they didn't do that. Instead, they are communicating with the kids accused of being involved in it. Directly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, It's almost mind-boggling, isn't it? I mean, you can't even wrap your head around how a grown adult would think it was okay to communicate with a child like that.
2: Yeah. And I think, you know, when I started digging in and, you know, really when I fanned out among their various friend networks and looking and, you know, that was part of my, my rage was there are grown grown adults talking about this. And I'm seeing posts that, Hey, I knew about this two weeks ago. My kid told me, and I'm thinking, why didn't you contact someone why is the police mm-hmm. chief begging for people to please come forward with information but you're bragging on a high school football forum that yeah I knew about it two weeks ago my kid told me so you know I was just like what is going on here that what caused this to happen and it was the yeah, culture the culture of the city yes
1: correct yeah yeah and once you started Uncovering it once you started uncovering these tweets and these posts and sharing them on your site, you got a lot of backlash from this community, didn't you? Yes, I did a lot, and I got sued. And which is bananas, I talked about that. You got sued by one of the kids who was posting this, parents, correct?
2: Yes, I was sued by. Um, Jane Doe's ex-boyfriend, and he is the one who had posted the photograph of her being carried by her arms and ankles.
1: And that's something that I also just cannot. I mean, the parents thought it was okay for their kids to do this, for their child to post this picture, and not okay for you to say that it wasn't okay. Right. Like yeah. There's something's in the water there, or something they're drinking that's... Making really poor judgments, you know, right. on both well, ends.
2: Also, you know, I wasn't, they also sued 25 John Doe commenters on my blog. So they came out. No me. way. Yeah. They were, you know, in the essence, they were trying to force me to identify the anonymous commenters who were calling their kids monsters. So they were trying to, you know, unmask who these individuals were because they were all local, you know, and they used names grandma of five, because they, mm-hmm. you know if they're talking about this openly in town, you know, some of them were scared was going to come back at them or their families for talking about these quote, good kids that committed this crime. So yeah, they sued me and 25 people trying to silence, basically silence free speech about this case. And how did you, how did you handle that? I didn't even know I was sued. Someone called me in California and I was like, did you get sued? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. Did I? And they're like, well, mm-hmm. Channel 9 News just broke in um, with a news alert that you've been sued. So I was like, okay. So, I mean, we um, when you see in the film where the hashtags free speech and hashtag anonymous are being posted, that was my yeah. friend trying to find me an an attorney because at that point i'm like all right if i'm being sued i need to shut my face because anything that i can't i say could be used against me in a civil suit so she was out there trying to find an attorney for me and we were able to you know find me first amendment attorney that had a fantastic legal team and then um you know i asked my attorneys can we get the aclu involved to, to represent all of the john does i don't want these people to be identified they are local right. you know so right. the aclu stepped in and said we'll represent all of them they put out a press release and i think it was like two days later that the family was like okay we're going to dismiss this this lawsuit good yeah but i mean i good. wasn't going to back down because you know the lawsuit in itself created a chilling effect and you know we need free speech, and the speech that's protected is not the, the stuff about, you know, unicorns farting rainbows. <laughs> right. You no, know, it's, it's things that we don't want to hear. That's what needs to be protected, and the people in, in that town had a right to discuss the case.
1: Yeah, I agree. How did Anonymous first see your blog?
2: I believe that they also had seen the New York Times article. You know, I tried to stay as far away from like the planning of the rallies and and etc. because, you know, I'm an immigrant and FBI does not like anonymous. And so that was always my concern is if I'm getting too involved with them, you know, it could affect me. But I, yes, I
1: was wondering about that. Yeah. If so, you
2: corresponded no. with anonymous scholar. Yeah, I mean, I would get, like, DMs from people about the rallies and stuff, but as far as, like, inside, I wanted nothing to do with it just because, again, you know, I'm an immigrant and I'm here as a permanent guest, so I needed to, you know, not associate myself with the work that they were doing. But I'm pretty sure that they saw it when the New York Times did the article about the case after I had been sued. And it was on okay. Christmas Day, I think Christmas Day, that they had um, gotten the password to the site and defaced it.
1: Yeah, which was pretty incredible. Well, they
2: guessed they did the password, it. so it wasn't actually a yeah. <laughs> the password was roll, red, roll. <laughs> well, that's not yeah. hard to, to think about.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like one, two, three, four, five.
2: Yeah. The <laughs>
1: password. <laughs> Like some opposite so, here, n- folks. <laughs> yeah, right. It would not get the green arrow, you know, now when you like type in a password. And, like, exactly. checks if it's a good. One. they're
2: like, oh, what's wrong?
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, so now that it's been years past, it's still, you know, now, well, the movie has come out, so it's gotten a lot more publicity lately. But within the years, how, how has it been for you? Have you still kind of kept up on it? Um, have you still tried to make it part of part of your, your mission?
2: Yeah, I mean, in the past seven years, I mean, it, it's never stopped for me. You know, it was such a viral case that, you know, people haven't forgot about it. And so, I mean, I've always had people contacting me or, um, you know, students that were doing papers on it, uh, colleges that wanted to incorporate some of the lessons from Steubenville into their, you know, orientation materials. So, I mean, I've always, it's, you know, I've always still heard things. As far as keeping up with everyone that was involved, I really hadn't until the documentary hit Netflix. And then, I, you know, I had so many people contacting me that I thought, you know, maybe I should do a quick where are they now? Yeah, I saw that you did that. Yeah. So I did go out and, you know, back and some of them, you know, I went through the links from the old tweets that I had and was kind of disheartened to see that, gosh, not a whole lot has changed about your attitude since you, know, you were involved in, something that basically the entire world heard about.
1: I know, you know, I had thought, I was thinking about that a lot because, you know, when I I watched that video, I started crying when I was watching it. And I thought, okay, these are really young boys. Mm -hmm. You know, they hopefully will be able to watch this as they grow and learn from it. You know, it's not like, they were full adults. I think he was an adult though, right? The guy on the camera. Um, yeah, I think he
2: he may have just turned 18 at that point. Yeah. I think he was a senior.
1: But still, I think that my my thought is, okay, I hope that this is a very, very good learning lesson for all of them and that maybe they turn their lives around and start advocating for women and for mistreatment, that's a positive, you know, something that could happen positively for their society, their culture, them personally. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's kind of disheartening to hear that maybe they didn't really do that.
2: No, they didn't. And neither has the town, you know, pretty much every media outlet has covered the documentary and Steubenville's local news is still pretending that it doesn't even exist. They've not made one mention of it. Um, You know, once it, it came on Netflix, I mean, I did get some crappy messages from people, you know, still pissed off, but it's like, you know, I didn't do this. I didn't write the story. Their words did their behavior, you know, their actions on video, created this story, not me. And it's kind of sad to me that, you know, they still want to be upset that the world is looking in at Steubenville, like, you know, it's some big toilet, but they've had seven years and ample opportunity to really turn this around from a really ugly, negative experience. So like you said, to make some change and they haven't. So
1: yeah. I know on your follow-up, you said that Trent Mays had been arrested again.
2: Well, he was not arrested. Oh, okay. The young lady would not file charges, and she was actually her best friend was dating him at college. And so she ended up leaving college and going back home. But yes, yeah, she, oh, she did not. That's unfortunate. Yeah, it is. Because we'll hear his name again, I think. I think so,
1: too, actually. And when I watched the video of Malik at the sentencing, yes, to me, it felt like he really was more sincere. Yes, I agree. And that was another thing. I thought that he could really change his life around and start being an advocate also. That's what I would personally like to see. but
2: yeah, I would like to see it too, but unfortunately, that hasn't happened either. You know, it's like none of them have, you want to be upset that people are talking trash about you, but we are a society that likes to see redemption and a really bad story to have a good ending. And they, none of them have done anything to make that story different.
1: I know. So would you consider yourself like the beginning, really like not even the beginning, like a way before the beginning of a Me Too movement?
2: I don't consider myself that I know other people, you know, have said that and, you know, kind of aligned me that way. But, you know, when I wrote about this, I wasn't thinking about the world hearing about it or, you know, even out outside of my little bubble, I wrote about it because I was so upset that what I was, I wanted people to see what I was seeing and to see the evidence these kids put out there. And you know, to really have a conversation about bystander effect, and that it's okay to be the lone voice in the room. And I wanted people to see what rape culture looked like because that video that ties it up in a nice little bow. And I don't think before then people really understood what rape culture was. And so, I no, I just I I'm just I'm me. Mean, I did what I thought was right.
1: I got there rape culture too. Yeah, And even if we don't know what it is, um, when you say it, Mm -hmm. once you learn about it, you go, ah, I get it now. Right. I get it when the coaches are like, you know, that's what that girl gets for Mm -hmm. showing up drunk at a party. Right. You know, these words, it's like, no, that's not what she gets. That's not what anybody needs to get. I don't care how drunk you are how many, you know, pills you took or if you're sober as a duck, you know, Uh it's like nobody deserves that. I hope that more people do see this movie. I listened to a podcast with the um, director of the movie and, but she wants men to see it, boys to see it, everybody to see it so that we all can understand and we can all learn from this. And I agree. And I, I truly you know, I admire that you're really like a badass woman fighter that stands up for what's right.
2: Yeah. You know, and I think it's important that, that young men see it. My 15 year old nephew watched it and, you know, I had a discussion with him about consent. You know, it was a a way because we're, we're not talking to kids about consent. And so that was my opportunity Saying, you know, I'm, I know that you're going to do things, but firm yes, firm no. There's no in between.
1: Yeah. I, um, I agree with that. That's what I also talked about on the podcast when I was telling the story is that we do need to talk to our kids very young about that. Once they start, you know, getting into high school or maybe even middle school, I mean, I have two boys and I know that. They are going to know right away what is respectful, how to respect women, how to respect themselves, how to, you know, and what is right and wrong. I really, I truly appreciate you talking to me that it's really amazing. And I'm, I'm very grateful.
2: Well, thank you. I, you know, as far as the film, Nancy has an impact team that you can, you know, we, we want schools community organizations, women's clubs, whoever, to see this film. And, you know, online there's also discussion material that you can download for free. Awesome. Some of these things. So, I mean, you know, I I think that, you know, young people need to see this film. Where were you in L.A. where they showed it? I was at the Museum of Tolerance. And I know that there's... some here until I think sometime in December. It's going to be all around California during screenings. And you can find screening at com slash watch. And then if you want to schedule a screening, you can, you know, uh, contact the Impact Team through their site.
1: Yeah, which would be amazing for schools to do. Yeah. I love that. I love that idea. And I watched it on Netflix. And it was real eye-opener, for sure.
2: And I've seen it the film several times now. And I think the point that gets me every single time is during the rallies when each of those women, you can hear them, their stories going up to speak to the audience. that just so powerful to this day.
1: Yeah. I think it does make you want to tell your own story. And, um, at the end of the podcast that I did, I told my own story, which was real difficult. And I didn't know how difficult it was going to be because I lived it and it's, it's been a long time. It happened to me in high school. And so once I told it and I told it to my partner, Gretchen, and like I said, we do it she doesn't know what I'm going to talk about before I talk about it. Mm -hmm. So this case she didn't know about. And then when I told her my story, I mean, we both got like so emotional and I, and it does make you want to tell your story because lots of people have a story. And let's hope that our children don't have those stories. That's
2: what I I hope for.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. I have young kids. So I just I'm really hopeful that we can teach our kids and we can we can learn from this.
2: Yes. And, you know, and to keep talking about it, that in itself, it's it's that relief. You know, I didn't yeah. tell anyone about what happened to me. I think two people in my life knew for 40 years. Or almost 40 years. And, you know, for me, Having that moment in the film, that was a lot, you know, not necessarily ripping a scab open, but I think the vulnerability that we feel talking about what happened to us. Yeah. I mean, even I
1: was telling my husband later because I didn't even tell him I was going to talk about it. And he's (laughs) one of the only people that know. New, also so I said hey you know I I talked about this on the podcast today and even telling him I started you know I started welling up and I'm like what is wrong with me it's been so long and I'm a very successful person and I'm confident and right but you're right it feels like opening an old scab but at the same time it feels like freeing right and empowering and maybe getting through
2: right it's like you know, that, you're wrapping your own arms around your own vulnerability
1: yeah, yeah, that's a good way to say it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much, Alexandra. All right. Thank you. Have a good day. Talk to you later. Uh-huh. YouTube. Bye bye.
0: How was it? How was it? Did you like it? Did you like it? I still haven't heard it. I'm not a good liar. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Gretchen yet. is, but the I'm going
1: to. You're the worst liar ever. <laughs> I know. <laughs> she's going to listen to it actually. Real soon. Five times before it even goes oh, live. You know I will. <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> and she's going to think the same thing. She's going to think it was real good. Yeah. You know I will. All right. Yeah. So. Good job, Tabby. Yeah. Thanks. Well done. Thanks. Thanks so much. We love having interviews. So. I think we're gonna have more of them. I can't believe people are willing to talk to us, but they really are. They really are. I don't even think we've been turned down. We have not. No, we're we're on a hundred <laughs> percent roll right now. Yeah, <laughs> pretty awesome. A couple people reached out to me this week to like be on the podcast. I was like, oh, amazing! Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, let me put you in my schedule. schedule. Oh, Ooh, snap! Schedule. <laughs> I'm scheduling. Okay. So thanks for listening, everybody. And if you want more of us, go to Himalaya Plus. Please do. You just, it's an app. It's actually awesome because you can listen to everybody's content. And then if you become a member, it's uh, extra content. The app's amazing. And if you put in the bonus or promo code. It's a
0: really cool podcast app. It's way better than your generic app. Yeah, it is. You discover a lot of different podcasts. It's really Mm user-friendly. Yeah, so you can check us out and we know if you listen to one podcast, you listen to lots a lot. just like us.
1: Yeah. So come on over to Himalaya Plus, check it out. Check it out and use promo code Housewives at checkout on our membership and it's free for the first month. Oh yeah. And only four ninety nine after. Yeah. You know how much this latte was?
0: More than four ninety nine. Five oh nine today,
1: dude. Oh lord. Holy heck. Some bit a nice. steak. Sean maybe is going to divorce me mind. after today's bill of the grocery <laughs> store and my latte. <laughs> okay, guys, thanks for listening. Okay, bye. Clank, clank.